Well, hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow. Welcome to another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, it is my pleasure to be interviewing Scott Myers, who is an absolute expert when it comes to all things self-storage. So really looking forward to this because this is something I haven't had direct experience in, but I've had indirect experience in working with a couple of my most successful clients were in this realm as well. So Scott, Mm -hmm. welcome to the podcast. Oh, hi, Dave. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you here, my friend. So where are you calling in from today? Where's home base for you? Home is uh, Fishers, Indiana, which is a suburb of uh, Indianapolis up on the northeast side of Indianapolis. Fantastic. So Scott, I know you didn't get started in real estate with self-storage. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this whole crazy thing that's real estate investing and and then how that morphed into self-storage. Sure. Well, once I got a job and actually had some money left over after paying all my expenses out of college, the ad said you need to start investing in, uh, in, in the stock market, investing in for retirement. And so I looked at everything I could get my hands on and talked to as many people as possible about how to plan for retirement. And, you know, of course, all, all roads led to, you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, 401ks. But then the more I read, the more books that I read and the more people I talked to, I found that the wealthiest people around the world and, and here also in Indianapolis hadn't made their wealth in the stock market. It was in real estate. And there was always at least one chapter of those general investment books that talked about real estate. And then I just felt that this kind of resonated. I've always been a junker. I like to fix up bikes and sell them to kids in my neighborhood. And then I did it with cars. And I worked at a hardware store. So I walked through all kinds of home projects with people. And I just thought, I can, I can do this. And so, yeah, I went out and bought my first rental. A la Carlton Sheets style and followed him and, and was on that path of buying, rehabbing, refinancing, and then keeping rentals and was heading down that path until I found that there wasn't the freedom and the cash flow that I thought there was on that side of the business. And so I got into apartments and I thought economy hell would fix this. And it did to a degree, but once again, I just you know compounded the amount of tenants and toilets and property managers and property management companies, you know, they don't wait, we have a magic wand and, and just pay everything and handle all the issues. You know, the buck still stops with me. And, and at the end of the day, I just realized that this was a little more than that I wanted to handle. And still, you know, cash flow was decent at times, but at the end of the day, I, I thought there was a better way in real estate and I didn't want to get out. And so I began at other forms of real estate and, you know, without tenants and toilets and trash, which were the three things that I didn't like about real estate business as we all don't. Well, then there's parking lots and there's self-storage and you, you can't create value in parking lots, you know, like you can't, you know, multifamily and, and houses, you know, you can, you can turn around houses and increase the value, you know, apartments and, and cash flow generating assets, office buildings, you know, you increase the NOI and you increase the value. I just didn't want the tenants and toilets. And so self-storage really fit that, that mold. There's no tenants, no toilets, yet I can do things to increase the, the value by increasing the NOI. So increasing income, decreasing expenses. So I began looking into it, bought my first self-storage facility in a partnership and never looked back. And you know, at that point, you know, I saw the light. People don't pay. I get to lock them out and then auction their stuff off and, and I get paid back. If it, there's nothing to tear up because, first of all, nobody's living in there. It's a metal box on a concrete slab. And once again, I can, I can raise rents anytime I like. I can do it every three months if I wanted, every seven months. Of course, we're not going to do that because our folks would leave. But just, you know, over and over again, all the things that I didn't like about houses and apartments weren't present in, in self-storage, only the benefits of appreciation, depreciation, forcing the value. And so I sold all my houses and apartments and yeah, we've continued to grow ever since and just acquiring facilities as well as now developing and, and converting buildings into self-storage. 
anymore. So that's the, that's the short end of it. How's that? That's very, very succinct. That's for sure. So how long ago was it when you first got involved in your first self-storage facility? Yeah, 2005 was, I bought an office building, a big old industrial office building, which we had, we converted about 25,000 square foot into self-storage inside the building and leased that up immediately. And then my first facility that was just completely self-storage, we purchased in 2006. Very, very cool. All right. So besides getting into Mm self-storage sooner, knowing what you know now, what might you have done differently back in the day? Yeah, I think, you know, like anything else, and this is probably more just in the general business sense, whether it be real estate or small business, I think maybe biting off a little more than I can chew in the beginning. And I'm just a hunter by nature, not a farmer. I just, thankfully, my wife at the time, you know, when uh, all throughout our, our real estate career up until really probably five years ago, you know, my, my role was to go out and create the messes and she would follow behind, you know, with the pooper scooper cleaning up and putting operations and standard operating procedures and best business practices in place. And thank God for that. But you know, it probably grew a little too fast without having those in place. And even even when I started in, in real estate, I think we jumped into going full time. When I quit my job, we had uh, only had 20 rentals and we were going to ramp things up and refinance and, and pull cash out. But I think we probably started a little too early and then got ourselves into you know, over leveraged too much come 1999 and 2000 in that recession yeah. where we weren't, you know, all our, when the Community Reinvestment Act was implemented by that administration at the time and all of our tenants were buying houses because, they, you know, anybody could fog a mirror could buy a house at that time. Hmm. It left us without a plan B. So I think a culmination of thinking we could do no wrong over leveraging and, and not, you know, keeping cash reserves and, and operations, the back office in place and in, in every way possible, I think was probably it. And that's probably as, as an educator myself, an investor and an educator, one of the, you know, the drums that we're beating right now is, hey guys, we've had, um, we've had a, a long bull run here in the stock market and in real estate. And there's a whole lot of folks out there that think they're a lot better than they truly are because they, they've had a huge wind in their sale of this economy behind them and, and that they, you know, be prepared. We're, we're heading into a place right now where we will be in a recession soon and that you need to have a plan B and make sure you have your ducks in a row. So I think some of the lessons that we've learned, we're, we're trying to get out in front of the folks right now that are investing either for the first time or the first go around and haven't been through an economic cycle. Yeah. Well, that was another question I've got for you because you're also an educator. You're showing people Mm -hmm. how to get into the self-storage business, you know, without getting too into it. What are some of the bigger mistakes you see newbies making when they get involved in Mm self-storage? Yeah, I think, you know, we, well, we cover all realms. I mean, we've got home study systems and and all the way up to mentoring and working with folks that, you know, close to 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 one-on-one, but in the, in the stages where I I think people, maybe pride gets in the way or they think they're still, again, too, this is an easier business than, than houses or apartments or anything else that they've done. And so the due diligence, just going in and investigating, you know, if it's an existing facility, looking at the numbers, historically looking backwards and then being realistic with where they think they can take the facility and also relying on experts that we have available in our industry from uh, doing feasibility studies. If they're going to look to convert a building or build on a piece of ground that they either own or inherited, there's lots of parameters and lots of industry standards that we can look at so that we check the boxes on to determine whether a project is successful or not. And I think a lot of folks just, I think they feel a little too confident or that they can, you know, sidestep some of that and that they're a little bit better than, than what they're seeing out there and just doing it on their own, but even ignoring some of the parameters and the standards that are out there thinking that they can make this work or I'll get this one under my belt 
and I'll make up the cash flow on the next one just to get into the business. I think we, we see a lot of that as well. So I think it's just not bringing in consultants and in our industry, they're available and then ignoring some of the, the reasons why they shouldn't invest in a project is probably, probably some of the biggest. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess people come in, especially if they've got a little bit of real estate investing experience under their belt, mm-hmm. look at the model, they say, hey, guess what? No tenants, no toilets to deal with. How tough can it be? Right. Mm-hmm. Jump in and and yeah. think they can figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a whole lot of things we can unpack inside of that. But yeah, that, that's essentially it. All right. All right. Very good. So if people are kind of interested in, you know, well, you can't really stick your toe in the water in this in this business. But mm-hmm. let's say they're they're interested in finding out more about mm-hmm. self storage investing. And again, I know you've got lots of resources about that. But what would mm-hmm. you suggest to people as far as like checking it out in their own area and seeing if it makes sense for them? Yeah. So you know, going back to when I got involved or, or looking into and, and exploring, you know, there wasn't much out there, and there wasn't an organization like ours that educates. So I went to the self storage trade shows. And you can go to the big ones out in Vegas. There's two per year, the ISS and the SSA, one in spring and one in fall. And, and yes, you'll learn some from those educational sessions, but it's really in the networking and talking with other folks and asking the questions, hey, how'd you get started in the business? You know, what do you like best about it? What don't you like about it? You know, and building that team and that network. There's a few books out there that you can read on the topic. That's a good way of getting you know, comfortable with the asset class. But really, there, there is a way to dip your toe in. I mean, you're right. Before you sign on the note for a multi-million dollar facility, it's a little more difficult. But we have passive equity partners that invest in our projects with us. We do syndications and PPMs. And so I'm sure you're used to with your folks as well that invest with you on the passive side. You know, they get to come along for the ride and, you know, they can invest a small amount and then still get the reports and be, you know, on our webinars where we're talking about projects and, and kind of vicariously, but also as a partial owner, as an equity partner, you know, get to understand the nuances of these projects because they're involved in it, not actively, but you know, they, they do get an understanding for what this looks like by going through it that way. So that is one way of doing it outside of that. Yeah. Industry trade shows and some books and talking with other folks and, and you know, on the local market level, there are some local self-storage associations statewide as well. So that's, that's another way for people to get plugged in and meet others that are in the industry and probably yeah, the best ways to do it. Sounds good. Now, um, you're down in the States. A lot of the folks that are listening to this are up here in Canada. Yeah. Have you worked with clients and students up in Canada as well? Is it fairly similar up here? Yeah, we have. I'll, I'll tell you the similarities and the differences. So I have partners that invest in facilities here in the United States that are from Canada. And we also have our silent partners, some equity partners and folks have come through and gone through our academies, our three-day live events, and invested both in, in the U.S. as well as in Canada. So, you know, differences between the, the two countries in terms of self-storage is the United States is still the, the massive consumers of the world. And so we like our stuff. You know, we are hyper consumers and we are pack rats. And so, you know, when you look at the, you know, there is a Canadian self-storage association and then the U.S. self-storage association, and they both do studies and, and we have those, those benchmarks that I mentioned. And the amount of self-storage per square foot in a market in the U.S. to reach equilibrium is far higher than it is in Canada, meaning Canadians are still more minimalist, a little more, I guess, you know, like Europeans, if you will and not a mass of consumers like here in the United States. So there aren't as many facilities, there aren't as many units and square footage. However, again, with the booming economy that we've seen here in North America and in Canada, there's a lot of facilities being developed. 
seeing those numbers inch up, the middle class become greater, all, you know, really all around the world, especially in developing areas, but also you know, Canadians are now seeing a rise in that as well. And so that the demographics then, you know, just continue to change. So it is becoming more acceptable, prevalent, and, and much higher demand uh, in Canada than we've seen in the past. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Obviously, you haven't seen my house. We got a lot of junk here. <laughs> Tre- treasures, Dave, not junk, treasures. <laughs> treasures, that's right, which need to be stored. That's right. That's right. My, my, my wife has a phenomenal amount of treasures. Yes, yeah, see? I would love to see stored, but you know yeah. what I'm talking about. So, Scott, with all your experience, because you've been doing this for a long time, you're training people about this for a long time as well, what would you say are the key criteria that make a successful self-storage investor? Who who does this work best for? Because you know, we, we like to say everything's for everybody, but that's not necessarily the case. What, yeah. what are the, yeah. the qualities that people bring to the table, your most successful students or, yeah. mm-hmm. or people? Yeah, I think people that, you know, again, have a general understanding of, of real estate, if they've got some understanding of commercial real estate, that, that is certainly helpful. We have people that come to us or want to get into the game and maybe they've been in business or they've been involved in single family and, and that's very transaction oriented. That's pretty quick. You know, anybody can go out and, and, and find a house, do some, you know, learn about it, find a house, do some homework, purchase it, turn it around and, and flip it or refinance it, sell it, rent it, you know, whatever. And it's a pretty quick transaction time, if you will. Whereas with commercial real estate and, and self-storage, takes a little bit more to learn, to understand, you know, how to underwrite it and put a value on it to determine if something is good. And again, you know, you can hire feasibility study consultants and appraisers to help along the way. But on the front end, just to be able to identify opportunities, it's a little more education to know and understand what that looks like. Mm-hmm. But I think so patience along the way, and which also leads to my next point, which is, yeah, it takes a little longer. I mean, from anybody that's going out from scratch to our students, uh, when they, you know, from the get go, to find a facility that may, meets their investment criteria, makes sense as a value add opportunity. You know, it may take six to 12 months before they, you know, identify and or close on a project. Some folks that are looking for just a turnkey, you know, investment that they don't have to put a lot of work into, you can go out and find one of those and get that thing, you know, up and down in 90 days, 120 days to usually six months if you decide to, you know, hit the go button and go for it. But, you know, again, true, true value add facilities existing, you know, six to 12 months before you find one that works. And then the development side, well, you know what that looks like. I mean, if you have a piece of dirt, whether it's entitled or zoned or for storage or not, you know, there's a long process that goes that's involved in that and, and you know, interviewing contractors and it could be 18 to 24 months by the time that thing is out of the ground and, and renting units. So patience all the way, all along the way, playing the long game. And I think not be other qualities is, a, is that, there are a lot of lone wolves out there that can do smaller deals on their own. But when you get into the size, you may be able to do one commercial transaction on your own or self-storage facility, and then you run out of cash to put you know, on top of a loan. And then at that point, you need to be open to partners. And so accepting of and, and understanding what partnerships look like and you know, what your risk tolerance is and your threshold and whether you want to be the driver or bring in somebody that will also help in those decisions you know, that, to complement you. And then working with private equity investors that are the true silent money partners, just being prepared to give up a piece of the pie in exchange for growth because it just won't happen or it'll happen really, really slowly if you think you're just going to do it all on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely makes sense. Scott, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Time flies when we're having fun. Yeah. If you want to find out more about Scott Myers and how you can help them get into investing in self-storage facilities, what Mm -hmm. should they do? 
go to selfstorageinvesting.com. It's as simple as that. That's our that's our main website. And yeah, lots of free resources to get your feet wet, if you will, without actually jumping in and understanding a little bit about the business. And and again, all kinds of tools and resources to help the investor and developer who's looking to embark upon this incredible journey of investing in self-storage. Fantastic. Scott, thank you very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Dave. Thanks for the opportunity. All right, everybody. Stay tuned. See you on the next episode. Take care. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.